0: I show up a minute late and I notice Spags is throwing me under the bus
1: in the chat. I mean, how do you do me dirty like that? This is just what we do on the show to bring you guys the best fantasy football analysis possible. And the regular season is over. This show will continue to go on. So, we're going to recap week 18. We're going to talk about coach firings. We're even going to do a snake draft of all the playoff teams to decide who we think is going to be the best chance to win the Super Bowl. And you know, we have an underdog playoff best ball draft, too. The Mitten 3 is out on your streets now, and we'll be there in just a little bit after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Oversett. Pete, how did you do in this fine week 18 of cash games for you? Um, No, cash game week is, is over. Um, I believe my final tally was I
0: won 38% of uh, my head-to-heads. Um, you know, it was rough out there. I paid up for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, It seemed like the big decision point for a lot of people was whether to pay up for Taylor with Cup or Justin Jefferson with Cup. And obviously, Justin Jefferson ended up uh, being the right play. So I lost that one. I did see I had a very, very similar lineup to Adam Levitan, um, the true cash game king. So, you know, I felt like my process was dialed in, uh, but I didn't
1: run well uh, yesterday for sure. That was an unfortunate one. And uh, I'm going to do a little spoiler here because I'm excited to talk about Rider Dies this week, Pete, because I think there are some interesting data points uh, to look at for that one. And your one point approach in Rider Dies with our good friend Josh Norris, who was on the show on Friday, also only netted you one point in that in that game of ours.
0: Wow. This just proves that, um, you know, GPPP is the true quintessential version of Pete, and yellowing it from the three point line is, is how I need to
1: operate. That is true. I think there's a lot to dig into on that, which we will do on this show. But first of all, whether you are watching on Peach Channel or the Splash Play Channel, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe because we are doing these shows Monday, Thursday, Friday. We'll probably go to two days a week at some point here, but we're going to run out the three times a week as long as we possibly can. So make sure you are subscribed on Peach Channel and the Splash Play Channel and hit that like button. And of course, make sure to follow at Splash Play Pods. You'll know whenever we're going live, we do put out those episode tweets and also the podcast links after those go up too. So go check that out and make sure you're also going to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. A lot of exciting stuff going on out there, including the fact they're doing DVOA through the playoffs for the first time ever, which is going to be a pretty big change for what we're doing for America's favorite statistic is what I'm going to start to brand DVOA as, but go get it for yourself in your life at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. 99 cents a week are the packages on there if you get a year's worth of, of the data for yourself. So go take a look at it and it'll be a great add to what you're trying to do in the playoffs, especially where you just have any little bit of minor edge you can get is going to be important. I do think DVOA provides that in the defense versus receiver stats. But Pete, wild week 18 here where the Chargers Raiders game capped everything off on Sunday Night Football. We actually got the scenario where we could have seen kneel Downs for an entire game, but these two teams, like assholes, instead tried really hard for four quarters, then went to OT. Ends up being a win for the Raiders 35 32 after Brandon Staley calls perhaps an ill advised timeout. Some clips going around online of the Raiders players talking about how they were just going to run out the clock and <laughs> just a shitty situation, Pete, but a really interesting, compelling Sunday Night football game like we thought it would be
0: yeah um i'm gonna be completely transparent because that's all i know how to do and be uh i was not up for this game uh i ended up uh going to bed very early uh was catching up on station 11 on hbo so i was waking up to the aftermath this morning luckily ben gretch filled me in uh he sent me some log discord messages about everything that went down there towards the end of the game and from what i can tell twitter was having quite the night uh, last night dissecting all of this uh, the stuff with the the timeouts I think there were even lip readers out people are trying to lip read uh, this what was it was it Carr and Austin Eckler that they were trying to deduce mm-hmm. what they were saying to each other so uh, yeah it sounds like
1: I missed an awesome time. Yeah, it is. Oh, what was really a wild one, and I, it, it came down to something which we were talking about in our our company Slack, at Edge Sports. They honestly, our our data science team, some of our guys behind the scenes care so much about the various machinations and the you know why you would go for it on fourth downs, and that's why you know we are a really strong data provider. But they were debating it, and it turns out that actually, like this was, was kind of important for the Raiders, where if they don't kick that field goal, if they just kneel down and go to the tie, they're then playing the Chiefs this week instead of what they got instead, which is going to be the Steelers playing the Chiefs as a thirteen point underdog going in. And so I think the Raiders thought they had a better chance with just, you know, not playing it for the, the draw here that would have gotten both the chargers and the Raiders in the playoffs. So I get it for the Raiders, kind of a dick move by Rich Bisaccia, where it lined up in a way that he could have let it go. But I think Pete, that's why to me, Rich Bisaccia is somebody that we could be welcoming into the family again later on in the show, because I just love that move. Like, he, I'm sure that Brandon Saley's like, maybe they'll just, they'll be nice here. They'll end it here. We'll have a tie. We can go to the playoffs. We can all have a, a sharing circle of just AFC West teams thriving in the sunlight. And nope, Rich Basachi snakes him and kicks that field goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am disappointed just, you know, for the playoffs. I mean, the Chargers are just a much more. Uh, enjoyable fantasy mm-hmm. offense to watch. Um, I will say, yeah, that that Raiders Cincy game I think will be pretty interesting. That feels like it could be a true coin flip, just knowing how streaky the Bengals are, but I, I am bummed not to get the chargers in the playoffs because you know, I can, do I think the Raiders can win a game for sure? Do I think they could make a super bowl run? I don't think so. Whereas with the chargers, like if you told me the chargers got hot and went on a super bowl run, I would totally buy that. So the fact that we kind of lose out on a team that had legit super bowl, uh, you know, final equity that, that kind of bums me out a bit, but, uh, you know, good for the Raiders, man, those guys are just absolutely plucky. Like they just refuse to kind of, go down. You know, they Derek Carr kind of limits his mistakes. They've gone through, you know, coaching changes. They don't have the best offensive skill group, especially when
1: Waller's out. So yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by their resiliency. Yeah, I think you got to give the credit to Rich Pisaccio, probably a guy that nobody knew going into this season. And I think, you know, just kept this team together with the emails being leaked with John Gruden. Certainly Derek Carr having some veteran leadership doesn't hurt either. Um, Guys like Hunter Renfro stepping up, the, the rugs thing, another one that they had overcome this year. Like, it is a crazy situation for a team. And and I think, too, Pete, this is something that's kind of gross when teams do this, but I think they're going to get a little bit of an edge here and maybe some media mentions over this next week because the playing for John Madden angle is right there. And I feel like that's got to come out at some point and just news articles over the next five days
0: yeah I mean yeah I they're just uh they're a bizarre team I wonder what uh what Gruden is uh was thinking sitting at home watching that game
1: Yeah, definitely got to be some weird vibes for him. Weird vibes as well in Indianapolis where they completely blew a playoff spot as some genius and brave analysts gave out on the shows this week. uh, Thought there was a chance the Jags could win this one. And they do, in fact, win, Pete, 26-11 over the Colts. Real shocker here, Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned killing your cash game lineups. He hurt a lot of people, I'm sure, in cash games and GPPs. I thought he was one of the most rock solid plays of the week as well and just a downer end for a Colts team that seemed like they had mostly figured out how to keep Carson Wentz at bay keep the bad versions of him at bay overall really lean on Jonathan Taylor and as an elite you know probably guy who's gonna be the top pick overall next year in basketball drafts and it's season-long drafts and just a limp ending here for a Colts team and a, maybe a little bit of hope to give the Jags in the offseason as they do get a little bit something out of Trevor Lawrence in a way that they haven't gotten all year long
0: yeah, it, it's honestly bizarre because you watch that game and you assume this is like, oh, the Colts, you know, locked up their playoff spot. And yeah, maybe they could play harder to get seed positioning and, you know, they just fall over. But the combination of being a must win game against a team that has looked truly inept all year, devoid of playmakers. I mean, it. Just an embarrassing performance. I mean, I guess we have seen, you know, the Jags have a decent pass rush. If There was the infamous game against the Bills, the double Josh Allen game. Um, so we know they can generate pressure, but man, Wentz looked completely lost. Um, and it was uh, truly shocking to see them just fumble away what should have been kind of a cakewalk into the playoffs. Yeah, should have been a
1: nice run here for the Colts. I like think a team that could have done damage in the playoffs. And something that bummed me out too, Pete, is I feel like we got a lot of Jonathan Taylor on the best ball drafts on this show. And that's something I would say where we're going to do this underdog best ball draft in a little bit. I presume we'll do the Mitten 3, a, a cheaper price stack for Pete to do on these streams. But if you're going into that gauntlet right now, like there's got to be a lot of Jonathan Taylor floating around, maybe some backdoor Colts stacks. Not to mention just the Saints, some of these other teams that were right there at the precipice of making it that didn't make it in. And at Chargers too, I'm sure a lot of backdoor Charger stacks. I think the gauntlet's probably more plus EV, like you're paying a steeper price tag, but I think just because you know you're going to get teams that didn't know all the information that you know drafting right now, I think it's a more plus EV tournament than doing the Mitten 3. I'll do more Mitten 3 lineups, but I do think if you have the money doing the gauntlet right now, is probably a decent move. Yeah, I agree with
0: you. Uh, of course, there's going to probably be some super teams in there. That's how it kind of always shakes out, but there ended up being more landmines than I think we would have even expected. Not only did you have kind of the Bucks offense, you know, imploding, you know, all those AB and Godwin teams, those are shot. You had lots of people, Herzig, who's, you know, one of the best, if not the best, you know, best ball players, he was loading up on chargers in the gauntlet because he thought they were really mispriced. Those are all wiped out. No one expected the Steelers to make it. No one was drafting, uh, the Raiders. I actually just did a mitten like right before we came on. Uh, Maybe that's why I was late. And uh, Josh Jacobs is still free. He's in the last round. He's a 10th round pick. So I still think we're going to see a bit of an adjustment. And, but I agree with you. I think there's a ton of dead teams in gauntlet and um,
1: it, I think it'll be pretty attractive now to, to hop in there and get really plus EV teams. And Levi in the chat, seeing the Jags knock them out of the survivor pool they had this year versus the Bills, remember that game. I guess that is weird. The Jags' wins have come against teams that you really think would have no chance at winning. And I'm um, definitely in this coaching situation, too, where they're playing for nothing. But that's the occasion one more time. And I think if you're a Jags fan, you just got to feel good about getting one good Trevor Lawrence uh, performance here down the stretch. Speaking of not good performances, the Steelers also make the playoffs after narrowly edging the Ravens uh, 16-13 in that game. They're now a 13-point underdog at Kansas City. Pete, I think Ben probably saw the news during the playoffs so It was like, Fuck, I gotta I have to keep going here. Like he is not a man who has played like he wanted to play at all this year, and now he is going to be the biggest underdog of the wild card round. And maybe he has one more throw-it back performance. I hope he does. Like, I'm not a Ben fan by any stretch, but I did enjoy Gunslinger Ben when he used to run and take hits and like would then chuck it 40 yards downfield and stand in that pocket and just take big blows. I wouldn't mind seeing one throw-it back performance, Pete, because if they don't get that, I don't know how they hang in at all versus Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I it's been hilarious with Big Ben because we all, you know, the season started, he looked awful. And we're like, Big Ben needs to retire. He's complete dust. And then the narrative just keeps extending. It's like, okay, ben, Big Ben's last home game. And it's like, all right, Big Ben's last game. And I was like, all right, Big Ben's last playoff game. It's just like, how could this continue uh, to go on? So, yeah, I'm not excited about watching the Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, I, I really wish we could just swap uh, the Chargers in for them. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. Um, maybe, maybe like last year in that wild card game, they got in an absolute shootout with the Browns. So maybe Big Ben can just get up for this game one more time, but I'm not going to hold my breath.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I, the one thing we have to say, Pete, that is a positive that we haven't had an NFL at all, but had happened in MLB a few times when those Yankee stars were retiring. There wasn't like a big Ben farewell tour where every team gave him a gift on the way out. I guess also <laughs> like it's possible he comes back. I think we're reading a lot into the fact that he said he's not going to be back, but he makes the playoffs. Maybe I don't know, the Broncos or the Steelers somehow decide they want to go one more year, even if they said the alternate thing here down the, down the stretch. But I feel like the gift giving for the Yankees that year was the most annoying thing I, re- I can recall seeing. And I'm glad they didn't have to fake liking Big Ben enough to give him like a piece of corn, I don't know, carved out of wood or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I yeah,
0: Big Ben is one of those guys who you know, like his his actual on-the-field resume is like solid um in his longevity in the league, but he doesn't strike me as someone that everyone's lining up to throw a retirement party for.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think they're well, if we could save some. I'll, I'll save you the, the jokes that could be made, Pete, and just keep it moving here, because we got one more playoff team who made it in to talk about the Niners. They make the playoffs after a comeback, 27-24 win over the Rams and OT. Big win for them. They hold off the Saints, who really honestly didn't need to make the playoffs. It's Taysom Hill also getting a list frank injury, so not looking good for them if they did make it in, but they didn't. Thankfully, we got the Niners, and I think that is one thing, Pete, that our basketball teams have going for them. I talk time and time again. We kept getting on these Niners stacks, and I'm excited to see this team in the playoffs. They are built for the playoffs. Kyle Shanahan, his approach seems like it's built for the playoffs. And I I don't want to spoil our playoff snake draft we're going to do, but the Niners, I think probably the best value out of the teams who just narrowly made it in. Yeah. uh, The Niners are the one team that I definitely have been loading up on. Um,
0: And I think the reason why they were so cheap is just because of kind of the quarterback uncertainty. you you know, both of the quarterbacks been a little banged up. No one ever gets super excited about Jimmy Garoppolo. We try to get excited about Trey Lance, but the team is not excited about Trey Lance. So I think they just kind of continued to slip because I I noticed people really like the clean stacks. You know, when you have the obvious QB pass catcher, people kind of gravitate to those. So yeah, there was a real buying opportunity on San Francisco. And I think they were a team that you didn't necessarily have to use the quarterback with. You could grab Debo, George Kittle, Eli Mitchell and Iuke or three of those four and then kind of play your quarterback, you know, from the AFC side um, and hope to nail the playoff matchup there. So, yeah, I think the 49ers are kind of like what I would have hoped the Chargers would have been if they got in, where if everything breaks right, they can legitimately make the Super Bowl, um, even if they're not a favorite to do so. I think they're built to make it to the Super Bowl if if they get hot at the right time.
1: Yeah, I'm fully on the same page with you. Eli Mitchell, a guy that we've talked about a lot that I give Pete the credit for for being early on, earlier than a lot of the analysts out there. And I think um, he was a guy that I warmed up to, Would certainly would have been nice to see him be healthy. But um, I agree, like, I think we got a lot of good value on them and the teams we did on this show. Um, so hopefully that bounces out all the negative EV that Jonathan Taylor will provide to both us and others out there. Uh, D Gold saying, Big Ben hate running five years deep, but he still shows up. Unlike Pete on the cash game lineup review this morning, Pete, Any anything to quiet the haters here or disappointed you didn't roll out your shell and talk through it on on a stream this morning the cash game lineup review was literally last night the Cast
0: special edition lineup review you actually got two cash game lineup reviews you got tilt space last night and the cast back to back um i gave you i think that ended up being two and a half hours of cash game lineup reviews deagle if that's not enough for you um then maybe become a YouTube member and actually pay me. Uh, and I will uh, feel like doing more content for you. <laughs> there you go. That is that is a fair way to rebut anything
1: out here. If I don't see that symbol next to your name, then yeah, I don't want to hear shit.
0: Yeah. So don't don't come ask me, ask him for more free content, you fucking asshole. No, so I'm Deagle one of the
1: Flash play regular, so I like you, Deagle. Don't worry about it. Yeah. we you got no Flash play premium offerings to worry about. <laughs> um, okay. So what do you want to do coach firings next or do we want to do the playoff future of snake draft? We could also do welcome to the family. I feel like the show has a lot of different paths, so choose your own adventure pete
0: yeah let's i don't know let let's save let's save the coaches stuff for for a little later i mean i'm definitely no okay here's what we do i think we do welcome to the family and then we can and that'll help transition us and no okay i'm changing my mind coaches welcome to the family
1: then playoff stuff Okay. And I also, before we get into the coaches need to point out the regular season ride or die record, Pete does in fact pick up the win for the year 44 and 217 is a record 336 points though, an average of 7.64 points per win. I go 31 and 230 despite getting 10 or four 10 pointers this week. So I tried my best on the way out here. Uh, 296 points. But Pete, 9.56 points per win is what I did. So last year you critiqued me for being a nitpicker, and here I am just hitting 10-pointers time and time again. And I would go as far as to wager that if you could somehow, if there were a sports book that were just doing like our various ride-or-dies every week, I would think if people took my bets, they'd be more profitable over the course of the year, Pete. So that's how I'm going to rain on your parade. Congrats on your whip. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to show, I mean, the
0: kind of, you know, playing conservative to prevent a lead, you know, even over the years, I feel like it used to be more prevalent. I remember the old uh, Broncos that I used to cheer for. They would drop into a prevent defense and teams would just like rip off 15 yard chunk plays play after play because they were trying to keep everything in front of them. And it just never works out. So, you know, cash game week forced me into some tough decisions, you know, having to knit it up with one pointers and it didn't feel good. And I'm glad that that era of my life
1: is over for at least 360 more days. The rider dies will continue through the playoffs and maybe maybe I could win like the 2021, 2022 crown, even though the regular season that's it's what we all know people show up for, Pete. That's why they line up for us at the airports because of our success in rider dies or in the regular season.
0: That's right. Yeah. I mean, people come to us for actionable content and
1: uh, old ladies who are upset are obsessed with tushies. So Coach Firings and Nana Pete, I'm sure will be back on Thursday's show. Nana Pete might be making a lot of appearances when we have to fill time on three shows a <laughs> so Nana Pete, a segment every show. What a treat. I don't
0: know. I mean, I think we're going to run out of ways for Nana Pete to, uh, you know, objectify these NFL
1: athletes. Oh, there's never, we never run out. Of Pete, you're a bottomless. <laughs> Nana Pete's a bottomless, well, not you. Coach firings, Chicago fires Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. They are strongly linked to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, my former, I wouldn't say former pal. I still like him. He's still a good guy. Big Cat over at Barstool tweeting highlight reels of Jim Harbaugh's time in the Bears and doing it in the half bit, half like really hoping Harbaugh does go to the Bears. I think Pete, is a perfect match. I think the Miami thing, Uh, Steven Ross, the owner, did uh, throw some water on that one, saying they had their chance to get Jim Harbaugh. He's also a Michigan booster, so he wants Harbaugh to stay at Michigan. I think this one, I don't know if there's another dark horse candidate, but Chicago going their way, going to Jim Harbaugh, getting Justin Fields to get at that tree that made so much of Colin Kaepernick, made so much of really every Niners QB who kind of came through there. I think it's a really good spot for them. I think this is a perfect one. I think the Bears should be very happy if they get Jim Harbaugh.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, for some of these coaches that got axed, I actually like Brian Flores, but I'm clearly a bit of a Miami, uh, Stan, but I mean, anyone has to be an upgrade over Nagy. Uh, it just seems like he completely botched this whole kind of scenario, how they handled the lamp or, uh, the Justin Fields stuff. They've just been a continually uninspired offense, super conservative. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to see him go. I'm glad they're clearing house. The bears, man, I've, I think you could probably make the case for a lot of franchise being, you know, some of the most tormented at least over the past like 10 to 15 years, but the bears have to be just right up there, just a continual disappointment. And it's, it's not just like a pure in the bottom of the barrel disappointment. It's like,
1: there's just a glimmer of hope always. And then they just slam the door on it repeatedly. Yeah, they had that top uh, number one in the league defense a few years ago, and they got Khalil Mack, and that sort of peeled away over the last few years. Losing Vic Fangio, who also got fired from Denver, uh, doesn't hurt or doesn't help that much, but I agree with you. I think the Bears... I hope at some point it works out for them. Having the Bears be good, I think, would be fun. Certainly a, a window here of opportunity, perhaps. The Vikings getting some turnover as well. Uh, Green Bay, who knows what'll happen with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I hope that Chicago fans get something out of there, because they are, you know, they care so much about football, and I think they deserve somebody who actually uh, feels the same way. You mentioned Miami. They fired Brian Flores. He won eight out of his last nine games. Uh, again, supposedly they won't be going after Jim Harbaugh. The GM, Chris Greer, stays, which uh, I think makes this look a little better than firing your minority coach who was, who was running so hot towards the end. Um, I think is good because Chris Greer also a black man, so that's a positive thing there for anybody trying to throw up anything on Twitter. But I would say Miami Pete, like they need somebody to get the most out of Tua or somebody who Deshaun Watson's going to hand pick on the way in. Either option wouldn't surprise me, and I don't have a read on who it would be. But clearly, they're not going go to go defensive coach route after they just went that way and actually got the most they could out of a pretty shitty roster. And just a downer here. You mentioned your Dolphins fandom because of your your connections there, but I agree with you. Like, just a shitty way for Brian Flores and some other team should scoop him up for sure. Yeah. And it just
0: shows how thin the margins are, right? Because I I don't remember all the exact scenarios, but if they would have beat Tennessee and then they go in and beat New England, I want to say they were pretty live for the playoffs in that scenario. But that game against Tennessee kind of sealed their fate. So then it's like, what? Okay. They, you know, they get up for one game and then Flores gets to stay, you know? And it seems like this was one of those spots where heads had to roll and they're committed to two at least for another year. So then it's like, all right, let's get rid of Flores. But man, I thought, I thought they were building really well around Flores. I thought the front office continued to make really good decisions as far as like what positions and how they were investing, um, you know, in their offensive line and their defense. And it seemed like they had kind of like a five year type plan of like, yeah, we're not going to be Super Bowl contenders right away, but if we can continue to build over these next two to three years, we can, we can be in that mix. And so to blow it up with Flores, who from everything I can tell, He's a coach that the players like playing for. Um, he seems to have some like good XO savvy. So I don't know. It seems a little bizarre and reactionary to me. But that's uh, that's kind of how it goes in the NFL, where you know if uh, if the coach isn't saving his job, well then the GM has to be saving his job, and that's sometimes how it goes.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, and there were some reports of a power struggle between Flores and Greer, too, so uh, they went the direction they did. Brian Flores, I think, if you're the Texans and you fire David Cully, uh, wouldn't be that crazy of a move, and Timu saying that there was a report Flores didn't get along with both the GM and Tua, which is kind of weird, because he had Tua's back at one point when there were the Deshaun Watson trade rumors. Who's talking about keeping high-character guys uh, like Tua, but I, yeah, there's something weird going on in Miami, and I think there's definitely going to be a, a hand-picked coach that comes from Greer and the ownership group. Minnesota fires Mike Zimmer and their GM, Rick Spielman, and, <laughs> I think this spot P, would be one where Eric Bieniemy has been a guy that's been talked about a lot behind the scenes the last few years. The uh, Kansas City offensive coordinator has been learning at that Andy Reid tree and I think would be a great fit with Dalvin Cook and Madison. You know, Maybe they cut ties with Cook. I guess they could because of some contract stuff. But I love this move for Minnesota potentially. Like I think they had to get rid of Zimmer, who was not an aggressive play caller, also clearly was not getting enough out of that defense. But I think they can get somebody good and be good right away. If you have Justin Jefferson and, and Madison C- and Cook and maybe you keep Thielen and get Irv Smith back, Tyler Conklin showed something this year. Minnesota should be good if they get the right hire. Yeah,
0: they're they're a fun team too, and even even Zimmer has had his moments. You know he he gets credited you know for being this established you know boomer coach, which he probably is. But you at least have to give him credit when they were in. You know, negative game scripts. They were willing to let Kirk Cousins just rip it and air it out. So, I think if you have a coach who comes in that's pretty progressive there and leans towards the pass and in more scenarios, more spread offense type stuff. I mean, they have the weapons to be really, really good. Like you said, top running backs in the league, top wide receiver core in the league. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see a really aggressive young coach um, with those with those teams. And Kirk Cousins, you know, he's you know, firmly middle of the road, um, quarterback, but he's the kind of quarterback. If you have, uh, inventive offensive coordinator and the right pieces around him, he can, he can be great. And
1: so I, I think they definitely are, are just a piece or so away from making that a reality. Yeah, and I would agree too. and I spent saying in the chat they should have kept Spielman. I think you can make the case that they should have kept him given the drafts that they've had, you know, getting Justin Jefferson with where he was, I think not a reach but certainly a player that other teams could have gotten and didn't get. Um you know, making the moves to get Madison, to get Cook in like I think you know, you give a lot of credit to the organization the last few years and the talent they have. And unfortunately for him, that's just the way it goes in the NFL and I'm with you like this is one of the most talented rosters you could take over and I think whoever does take over is going to have a pretty good shot to win the North next year. Denver fires Vic I actually um you know Amy Trask, the former Raiders front office woman who's on CBS? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. So she's on the network, whatever. She's on their pregame show. And for some reason she follows me on Twitter. And I like I just tweeted her like we're pals yesterday. And like she had, she did in fact reply and was <laughs> like because I I think it's a good move for the Broncos to fire Vic Fangio and to go that direction and then the new ownership group can come in and either you get in a high profile coach maybe a high profile QB and that increases the value of the team she was saying uh, and again you can see the replies on Twitter so I'm not making this up I'm a very credible human being with lots of great friends in high places Pete and uh, I would say that uh, for her her perspective is that this could decrease the value of the team because sometimes new ownership comes in and then wants to make their own choice but to me this is a spot where I think a high profile coach is going to come in and I think they're getting a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers tier of QB. And I think that's why they make this move. But I think it's an interesting spot, Pete Denver. We saw defensively be good after trading Von Miller. And I don't know that I'd like it as much as the Vikings spot, but the Broncos, I, you, I know you are a Denver guy. You are a Colorado guy. Historically, I feel like a, a more attractive spot than a lot of these other jobs are going to be.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, Obviously, Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, I think, are better weapons than any of the Broncos individual pieces. But I think on the whole, like the depth um, of those options is is probably even better. You know, Dalvin Cook is a veteran. Javante Williams, I think, can ascend to that. I think, you know, Jerry Judy and Sutton together, Noah Fant. Like that That offense could just be so, so dangerous. Like immediate Super Bowl contender if they get, you know, say a top 10 type Quarterback there. So, yeah, I will be, that'll be a fun, fun offense if they can get decent quarterback play. But I guess you could also say that about so many teams, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, if they just had a good quarterback, well, they would be in the Super Bowl conversation. And that's pretty much what it is every year. It's like, if you're one of the teams that has a top
1: eight quarterback, well, you're going to be live to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're another team too that because of just what we saw in Dallas this year. And I know there are some, I know we talked with Josh Norris on Friday and he said that there are some people out there that are down a little bit on Kellen Moore and think he's not the one to really give the credit for, uh, for the Cowboys offense. But the fact that he just had this three wide receiver offense be so explosive and then also fine production for Cedric Wilson, for Malik Turner this year in garbage time, for Dalton Schultz, like I think that's the kind of guy. If he goes to Denver, like they probably want to splash year higher, but if they get Kellen Moore, you're probably going to see the most you can possibly get out of all those guys there. Jerry Judy, you know, you have, um, Certainly the Cortland Suttons of the world who've shown some upside. Like I think there's a lot, Tim Patrick's even been good enough. And you mentioned Noah Fant, like they have a lot of weapons there that if somebody can make sense of, I think there's some upside there. And the one firing that didn't happen, Pete, that I know is a downer for a lot of the Giants fans. We did see Dave Gettleman retire as GM, so they'll have somebody at least doing the personnel shopping there. But Joe Judge remains for the Giants, and just another limp one. I didn't even realize they hadn't thrown a touchdown pass uh, pass this October 24th, and they threw one yesterday. That was their first one. Just a terrible team that could be fun and has a lot of weapons and instead is kind of shitty, and Joe Judge is defending himself at every turn and throwing other organizations under the bus for some reason. I just hate the dude, and I feel like if anybody should have gone, it probably was him but he's got that owner's ear and that is sometimes the most valuable thing you can have as a coach.
0: Yeah. I was surprised. uh, He didn't go either. And who knows? I know what what do they call this? Is this, they call it black Monday or whatever when this was happened. So I don't know, maybe there's still some, some news to come uh, on that front,
1: but yeah, I, I thought they were getting the ax as well. All right, so playoff futures time, Pete, or any other coaches, I guess. I know you're not a big coach guy. I care more about this than Pete does, but I think it's interesting something to track because it can really materially change some of the fantasy outlooks and betting outlooks of these teams. But anybody else you want to hit on or do you want to move on to the next segment? No, I have a very hard time mustering, um, caring, and uh, so that
0: actually took a lot out of me, that segment, but uh, I'd like to give myself a pat on the back for making it through with okay. some takes. You were probably just doing a best ball draft No, I haven't. I I was doing one before, but I wasn't doing a best ball draft.
1: I did get a a
0: text message from my wife that shook me to my core
1: uh, while we were on the air and said, Robert Durst died. So, you know, I have been processing that. Yeah. The Jinx, one of the best murder ones. I think almost so good that it made all the other ones look worse after the fact. Like, I don't like them quite as much anymore, but the Jinx is an all-timer. Well, the Jinx is like, you remember
0: uh, when Serial Came out too, and it had that feel to it of like, holy shit, will they maybe solve this in real time while producing like the show? Whereas the jinx like delivered on that, it was like, Holy shit, they might actually stumble upon the answer to this, and then to have that finale pay off, it did feel like just this perfect bit of filmmaking the way that story unfolded. It was him rambling to himself
1: while (laughs) peeing. Yes, (laughs) so good um uh, but yeah anyway that's uh, that's the news out there for the coaches we'll see if there's any other updates by the time we get to thursday's show all right welcome to the family Playoff uh playoff futures draft which one do you choose um let's uh i don't know you choose spags i think it's time for welcome to the family
0: <laughs> shit Welcome to the family, CD.
1: Chefale, what balls on this guy, Amaro? Shit, he's gonna take an eternal dirt nap any one of these days. Get out of here with this shit. Lauren, the Ferrari, back in my garage. Welcome to the family. Gonna welcome you to the family. Get in here. Get in here. I- it's time. We're back here welcoming some people to the family. A lot of the luster perhaps has been stolen recently by the old lady on the Thursday shows, but we're back welcoming some fine folks to the family. Petey Overs, how you feeling after your cash games? I'm doing good.
0: I'm doing good. It's great to be here. I agree, dude. Everybody talking about this nana, Pete, and I'm quite sick of this bullshit, okay? We are the ones who beat this, built this channel brick by brick, and to get cocked by some old lady who
1: likes big. Big round tushies. It offends me. It's truly disgusting to see what's happened to our proud culture. But the good news, once what we're always doing here is uh, welcoming people to the family, celebrating Italian-American culture in such a flattering and positive light as we do here. And, and speaking of a guy, Pete, that just last night on the national stage, the bright lights, he's been welcoming the family before. And this is where Pete and I differ when doing this bit, Is I believe we, can, we we welcome people to the family. I'm going to bring in Rich Bisaccia, who to me was welcome to the family weeks ago because he's an Italian man who kind of resembles a stereotype beat but now we have a legitimate reason to bring him into the family and i think that's why he's live again to get welcomed.
0: you know what i like it all right i like it dude he's a nice italian man he grew up and uh, he <laughs> grew up in the outskirts of rome cut his teeth as a paper boy there then became a gondolier in the canals of venice and then found his way to the nfl it's an,
1: actually a really heartwarming story actually apparently he grew up in yonkers new york not too far <laughs> from me in an actual place where there are some italians that's good though apparently he went to college at a place called yankton which i know, the last time i got a yankton pete my wife was not so happy hey,
0: i'll tell you what is it's when my wife's gone is when i yank a ton all right
1: buddy that's what i've said But Rich Passaccia, the reason I'm bringing him back is not for the Yankton jokes, which apparently are there and I didn't even realize, but because the way that he played yesterday, sure he could have kneeled down. He and Brandon Staley could have kneeled down together, held hands throughout the game as the players don't do anything and make it work. Instead, what he does, he lulls them into a false set security, lets Brandon Staley into overtime. Brandon Staley thinks, ah, they might just run out the clock. Who knows? Let's get our defense in order. Ram Rich Passaccia pops him right in the back of the head like in fellas. and that's what i like to see from our guys out there be and now he's going to the playoffs i mean my own rich passaccia the man behind it all the kaiser soze of the nfl
0: dude, I couldn't agree more with you. I heard all these little analytics nerds saying, oh, you should just nail it down. It'll be so cute. No, this is football, and you go for the neck. You rip their heads off, and that's what Basaccia did. And while we're on this note, I want to welcome another person from the Raiders family, okay? One Mr. Hunter Renfro's, dude. Hunter Renfro's, welcome to the family. Welcome to the playoffs, dude. Not only did this game go to overtime, you basically got the chill the entire game. You had 13 fucking yards receiving, but when you were in the game, you made it count. Two tutties for my dude, just hardly out there running cardio and then just waltzes in, gets two tutties. It's like when you come over for dinner, you don't bring anything and you just sit down and you get a plate put right in front of you because that's what we do around here. We're family. Hunter Renfro's welcome to the playoffs.
1: Does he get any kisses through his uh, face, God, or is he just getting to sit down and have a nice dinner?
0: I don't know if I can kiss that man. I don't know if I can kiss him. I'm not ready for Um, that kind of level to our relationship but i'll tell you what if you beat the Bengals, hunter Renfro, i will stick my tongue so far down your fucking throat it will make you choke
1: beautiful and i love the transition you made too we're really coming despite being characters on a decently liked segment i feel like we're really coming along as broadcasters oh for sure for sure yeah we are great at broadcasters and then uh, a guy that I'm going to also welcome to the family. Actually, somebody was in my head. He just, oh, now we're back. Here's a guy I'm going to welcome the family. It's going to be a different angle than we usually do. We're normally welcoming these guys in because they did something great, or perhaps they just have an Italian name and vaguely resemble somebody that could be Italian. So that's also a reason why. But a guy I'm going to welcome in because he must have done some nice things for some of the other syndicates around the country yesterday. Carson Wentz, welcome to the family because that had to be throwing that game to give up the money line. Probably some shops out there today. Hey, Carson, Maybe uh, I'm gonna vaccinate you if you don't if you don't throw this game and then you don't go to the playoffs. And Carson's like, well, I can't be vaccinated. That's so unsafe. That's a crazy thing to do. Who would ever do that? And then he throws that game, Pete. And I get a lot of money out there. A lot of people out there making a lot of money off of this one. And that's why Carson, if he's not part of our family, he's part of somebody's family out there. Dude, it's funny you say
0: that. I didn't even tell you this, dude. But I um I had this high profile. Head to head against this Jamoker, this dude Peter Overzet, Head to head cash game. I actually threw a little shekels. Carson wins his way. Heard he was gonna have JT in his cash game lineup. I said, Hey, Wincey, can you play like ship buddy for a, for a cool couple of G's? He said, No problem, no problem. And lo and behold, the uh, ship that head the head. You're
1: like Carson. I got this five dollar head to head. I simply <laughs> have to win. I'll give you a twenty five percent cut. And he said, Yeah, sign me up. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, Carson Wentz, you would think it would cost more to pay off an NFL quarterback. I mean, this dude will take anything. He'll take a pack of Spearman bubblegum and a few shekels. Dude, he'll do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Garson wets, Throw in games. Welcome to the family. Carson Pete, anybody else you want to hit or you want to keep it moving on this chock busy show? We planned a lot shockingly for today.
0: It's a busy, busy show. I do want to just give a couple highlights out. I want to welcome into the family a little Rashad, Penny, Amon, Ross, St. Brown. These dudes, the hottest motherfuckers in football. Just points, points, points. Give you a meatball. Give you a meatball. Give you a cannoli. Give you a cannoli. You deserve it all. The
1: world was your oyster down the stretch. Welcome to the family. Oh, there's a lot of fine folks trying hard. There's gonna be even less joining the family here in the playoffs, but that's just how it goes. Be process of elimination process of elimination is what we say. I did it in character, so it's totally fine and normal and not about poor reflection on me as a speaker.
0: That's right. We should probably terminate this through this segment now, though.
1: My old hit that outro. Welcome to the family CD. Chefale, what falls on this guy, Amaro? He's going to take an eternal dirt nap any one of these days. Get out of here with this shit. Lauren the Ferrari, back in my garage. Welcome to the family. I'm going to welcome you to the family. Get in here. Get in here. All right, there we go. And, oh, there's Pete showing off the goods for the camera a little bit on the way out.
0: What did oh, did my stomach show?
1: Yeah, your little little flesh, little little pale bit of flesh popped out here. Might spike those views.
0: Wow, yeah, (laughs) you know. I I like to, you know, you show a little bit keep them wanting. That's how we do it. <laughs> keep them wanting more it's <laughs> long off season.
1: Gotta yeah. keep people's attention. Somehow speaking of it, it's time for a playoff feature snake draft, where as is always the case, we're going to find some reason to compete against each other here. And what we're going to do is draft our favorite playoff teams. The the teams that I guess, Pete, here's a question. And I don't want to want to make this more complicated than it has to We can yeah. just do this as a bit and never look at it again, or we could assign points in some way. We could do something creative if we want. I don't think we have to though. No, I was just thinking it'd be fun. Um, how about this?
0: Well, I think we should bet. I think we should bet on it and we should do a draft. And then whoever's team wins the Super Bowl, whoever gets the correct team that wins the Super Bowl, they get they get the pot and okay. we do a draft of the playoff teams.
1: OK, so we're so we're top head hunting them. we're not top. We're not trying to do advance rates. We're just I think that's fair. I, I will just, accept that bet. Yeah, we'll we'll each draft. Uh, what is it? Eight teams? Um, One, Let's see. Two. We got. Yeah, we got. Well, there's seven seeds in each conference. So there's yeah, four eight team in total. So seven each.
0: Uh, eight. Right? There's seven. there's eight seven. teams in There's seven. Wait.
1: One, two, three, four, five. There's eight. <laughs> there's seven. One team gets a bye. Six teams play each week in each conference.
0: Okay. What am I looking at here? Oh, this didn't. This didn't have it updated. I was looking at a spreadsheet that had all of the all of the odds uh, of the playoffs and not the eliminated teams. We are now on the same page. Or so you um, just, Or you could do basic
1: arithmetic. I think I <laughs>
0: already. <started. laughs> watch me accidentally draft new orleans. Um okay. Uh so we're just going to snake draft. The question is do you want the first pick? I don't think there's necessarily a huge advantage to the first pick, so I don't I don't care if you want it or not. I'll let you have the first pick. Okay. I will I
1: will do uh Packers with my first pick. Okay. Interesting choice. They are one of the top odds teams, so that makes sense and I think I'm going to go to the actual top odds team for my first pick and take the Chiefs. I just feel like that's the most plus TV yeah. pick on the board. And um, that's why I was hoping you didn't go that way. But I think I, I feel good about getting the, the turn here. Um, yeah. All right. So I got one more. Yeah. Um, I will take... I'm just going to go chalk and just take the Bucks here. It's like the Bucks and Chiefs feel like another Super Bowl rematch, potentially. There's a lot of ways they can get there. And, um, and I think that also leverages against your Packers. So I feel good about that. I know. Well, that's, I was
0: trying to think through too, if my strategy, if I wanted to load up on one conference, or if we're going to kind of zigzag back and forth. So I'll zig with you and I'll take, I'll take Buffalo from, uh, the
1: AFC. Okay. A Buffalo three seed in the AFC and, uh, worth pointing out the bucks are the two seed and the Packers, obviously the one seed and the chiefs are the two seed as well. So just keep that in mind here. Just want to give people actual information. You got one more pick.
0: Yeah, let's do,
1: I'm going to do Dallas. Uh, from the NFC. Ooh, okay. So, all right, interesting. So, breaking with the seating a little bit, Dallas, though, showed that upside 50 points on Saturday with wild game there. Um, I will take the Rams in the hopes that they figure it out first, and then I will also take uh, and this is really—we're slapping the Tennessee Titans fans in the face. I'm taking the Bengals. I think the Bengals have a wow. chance to run hot here. They're going to have a game where they should score a lot of points against the Raiders. I think it could be like a snowball going downhill. And and again, the Titans—we are disrespecting them immensely here.
0: Yes. So I am gonna—I'm gonna hop on this. I'm gonna double tap AFC. Then
1: I will take Titans and Patriots. Uh, I like the Patriots. That's that's a good value. Um. All right. I will go. Oh uh, man, we have some, we have some teams we still like available. I I'll go back to the NFC and actually, no, cause I feel like I feel pretty good about my guys there. I'm going to increase the volatility here. I'm going to take the Raiders as a pick. And then I'm also going to take, um, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals in the hopes that I get one team out of that matchup. Okay. And then how many are we
0: down? How many t- picks do you have now?
1: uh that's a good question pete (laughs) because
0: i think the the only teams left are pittsburgh san francisco and philly correct yeah so you would have two and then i'll have one more i think okay um yes i i cannot pick the steelers so i will
1: take i will take the 49ers and eagles and leave you with uh with the steelers all right, and the Big Ben narrative there, I got the Chiefs, so if somehow the Chiefs lose, I'll still be alive. Actually, not the worst one to fall into there, but I think the Steelers are a pretty clear last pick if you were to do any of these kind of drafts. Um, And looking at our accounting from other bets,
0: I won the Mike Davis-Melvin Gordon bet, but then... What are, the
1: final, what are the final RB numbers? Where did Melvin finish?
0: I think he was like RB 13 or 14. He did have that um that run on...
1: Sunday, but I think you needed way more than that. You had a hundred yards on like yeah. on, on Saturday. Um, where is this? See, I'm just getting, I'm searching rankings and just getting, getting people's rankings, which I do not care at all about. Uh, results. What's the what's the Google term to put in here to figure this out for sure?
0: Uh, I have a thing on my fantasy league, uh, where I can look at the
1: top. Oh, uh, it looks so like I Melvin's could. not even close. I'm not going to make us do any okay. more work here. <laughs> we but, the yeah, Taylor, other
0: one. go, no, ahead. go ahead. No, go no ahead. I was
1: going to say the top 12 are Taylor, Eckler, Najee Harris, according to fantasy pros, Taylor, Eckler, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, James Conner, Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Kamara, Patterson, Gibson, Jones, Jacobs, Chubb. And then it looks like Melvin's at uh number 23, Mike Davis. Mike Davis is about 35. So actually that's a, that's a way How many? Some level.
0: No. Yeah. And Greg pointed out, I'm pretty sure when we made the bet, it was weeks one through 17. I almost remember having that conversation that we we're going to really? do it through the fantasy
1: playoffs. Yeah. Cause
0: that's the, the bet was h- how it pertained to them as fantasy performance. Well, I
1: fucking lose. That's fine. Let's,
0: <laughs> but you have another one though, that we need to look up. And I mean, I'm pretty sure you won it. It was Laviska versus Mike Davis. Oh,
1: oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay. So then are we break even on those? Yeah. I just want to, I mean, what was, Cause that was a combined bet, the Mike Davis and Melvin Gordon. So if we're break even, then I'm perfectly content with that. I believe we're break even. Cause that was a hundred dollar bet too. Okay. So, so we're putting a hundred on this playoff then.
0: Yeah. So we're even, <laughs> and now we we've created a new bet, hundred dollars, uh playoff.
1: Okay. So let's, let's shake on, I have to go a different way now, but let's shake on it. Okay. There, wait, where's your hand? Where's your hands on in the, in the hole. It's got to go into the hole. All right, there we go. Okay. That's thank you. <laughs> Thank you for thank you for complying with my OCD for All the right, Let, me, let me just
0: recap and write these down so I have it. So, I have um Buffalo, G- Green Bay, New England, Tennessee, Dallas, San Francisco, and Philly. And yep. you have the
1: those, the other I have ones. the field. Yeah. <laughs> the field. <laughs> all right, that works. All right, so we got it, and we saved Willis some work. Everybody's winning here, and now we have just enough time, Pete, to do a playoff best ball draft because the third incarnation of the mitten is up. And um actually, some people, Paul V, I think earlier pushed back on the idea that all the gauntlet teams that are going to survive have might have super teams. I don't know that I'd believe that. I think they're still, yeah. I I, I disagree with that premise too because
0: when I say super team it doesn't mean that they're a lock to advance to me. Super team means that you got guys at ADP values relative to where their ADPs are right now, but the pieces still have to come together in a way that you advance multiple weeks. So there are super teams, but that doesn't mean, um, it doesn't mean it goes your way. It's like closing line value, right? It's like, Oh, you might've bet it, um, before the line moved four points. That doesn't mean they're a lock to win. It just means you got it in, you got it in good. So, um, I, and I do agree with your premise that there ended up being more of a shakeup in the landscape than I think we even anticipated that there are a decent amount of dead teams in the gauntlet.
1: Yeah. It wasn't just like chargers Raiders. And then some people might've taken the chargers and then you could get the Raiders or something like it's, it's a big difference because Jonathan Taylor, we saw in our drafts is going like first, second round. Like that's a dead spot yeah. for a lot of people. Like. I think anytime you have more information in these basketball tournaments than a portion of the field and when they put their entries in, like, that's just going to be inherently fussy. Well,
0: and like, you could go through a bunch of these, um, you know, Sony Michelle was being really aggressively drafted, um, throughout a lot of these. And now, I mean, it seems like Cam Akers is just going to be, you know, kind of the bell cow back for them in the playoffs too. So like even, you know, Sony Michelle picks could be dead. We mentioned the Bucks, So yeah, I think. I think it got shook up uh, a really good bit. I almost just accidentally clicked Big Mitten. Can you imagine if I accidentally hopped us in a $250 drop right now? You got right enough now?
1: money in there now. <laughs> no. it, it, I see you took a little withdrawal, though, did you? <laughs> you know, a little withdrawal. King, I had to ship uh, Eric Bein for uh, his but share sure. of the wins. I got, I got a follow from Spike Week today, of course, Eric Bime for his best ball show. So that must have been why he's like, oh, God, I feel good about spags now that Pete paid me the money. <laughs> yeah. You,
0: you, the way your brain works with it, I swear to God you did that one anecdote just to say that that lady follows
1: you on Twitter. Maybe. I I thought it was an interesting take, though, because I would always think, like, yeah, if you bring in like a high profile head coach, it helps the franchise. And QB, like, if you got, I mean, let's say, like, I don't think these guys want to be together, but if you got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll together, that's got to make the Broncos franchise more valuable than having Vic Fangio and Drew Locke. Yeah. Yeah. That was just my thesis, but I thought it was interesting, Pete. I didn't know it wasn't all about the clout chasing. I don't, I just do this show for fun, Pete. Just do this for kicks. That's right. Yeah. We'd all be
0: here no matter what. (laughs) <laughs> Just because we love each other.
1: we um, enjoy our time together, Pete. I do too. Oh, we got Herzig in this draft. Oh, okay. There are all the big names coming out. All right. You get to see, uh, a I man you said it was like the best, best baller, the the bestest baller. Yeah. So he,
0: done. he won underdogs big tournament last year. He finished top 10 in the DraftKings Kings this year. Um, I think that's
1: enough of a resume in best balls short history to, uh, to crown him, uh, the best, best baller. Okay. Not a bad place to be. Best ball, look, I, I will say that it's been a lot of fun. I will spend, I did set it on the show, but it's legitimately a thing that I'm glad we're going to be doing more time, you know, talking best ball on the show this year, all year long, because I think it's a lot of fun. And, and to me, this is one of those, you know, games where if you're just playing DFS every night, like DFS, I, I don't think, I want to say it's been figured out because people keep saying that every year and it's not, it's like, it's not figured out but it's still like in best ball, it's more fun. You're alive for longer. Like you have to give up your money and let somebody else hold it for a while, which is a downer of it. But I think it's just a really fun format that should be more mainstream than it is.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for, uh, for this summer and, uh, for the contest to kick off. I think we're going to even see bigger prize pools this year as well, which will make it, uh, will, which will make it very fun. Um, all right. So we do have the turn here,
1: which will be interesting. I mean, looking like the Chiefs are still going to be available. Oh, Kelsey's gone now, though. But you could you could do that mahomes Tyreek stack, and now you know you're getting them for the wild card, which I think is a positive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was having conversations in the Ship Chasing Discord yesterday just kind of debating the merits of one QB versus two QB. Um this is where I have to check in with you because you're you're the one who remembers what we've done these previous
1: drafts. That if you <laughs> you want to always do something new, we have not had a Packers stack at any point. Um, we we have not also had Cowboys. Um, we don't have a lot in the way of Tampa Bay. We definitely don't have full Tampa Bay. So my thought would be to just
0: grab Tyreek and Evans because I think this is actually fairly unique. Um, okay. I'll just do. Uh, hang on, I'll do Evans first. Um, just to leave the Tampa Bay thing, but my thought that what I've been really doing is trying to push this. So like, if I take Mike Evans, maybe no one will feel the need to go Brady because they just don't like the stacking options there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can get the quarterback like way cheaper because you just kind of ruin the stack. So I've been just inclined to just get as many high ceiling guys as I can early and then see if I can build super teams
1: when people pass on them. So I wouldn't mind getting Jamar here and trying to backdoor the Bengals too. Um,
0: sorry, yeah, I should. I mean, it's I too should've. late
1: now. It's fine, but I just, just conceptually, like I think that would have been an interesting one because I think we could have gotten Jamar and then maybe gotten the rest of the Bengals a little bit later on. Yeah, but I, I get. But we have the AFC. We're gonna plant our flag. Or actually, I no, think too.
0: It was. It's also just I haven't gotten a lot of Evans Tyreek, so it feels uh,
1: <laughs> a little unique there. I mean, I always like trying to take the unique paths if you can. Like I like I talked about on this show. Like when I was doing my NBA best balls, I was literally doing that off the top of my head, and it was just more like, okay, I know I'm getting a lot of Deontay Murray. Like, what do I do with this spot instead? That'll give me a different, you know, roadmap for what I'm doing. Um, so I think if you're playing a bunch of lineups in these best balls, just trying to get yourself different looks and and different looks from how you process it mentally each time, I think is important.
0: Yeah, and and so this, you know, we I, my guess is is Brady ends up going just because people can't help themselves. Like if I was on this side of the board. I'm not taking Brady um, because I'm just I'm not really excited about about that stack there. So sometimes I think it's worth gambling because you can't get them to slide. So we'll see. I, it is interesting to see Herzig taking mix in there. Uh golden boy stacks up Adams with Rogers, which definitely makes which makes sense there. What's fascinating about these teams and. I've actually for a lot of my Packers builds, I've actually been going Aaron Jones here and not taking Rodgers. Hmm. Um and then kind of building my quarterback from the AFC just because I don't really want to burn, you know. So this is like right out of the gate, like obviously this is a great start just, you know, from a macro correlation, but it's going to be really hard for this team to advance out of round 1 cuz he's literally getting zeros from his
1: top 3 draft picks, which is, which is going to make it hard. And Hertz, you could see, it seems like he's going to try to do the, uh, the most of the Bengals and maybe backdoor Rams. And it'll be interesting here to see if GA,
0: because he has Jamar chase, if he snipes burrow from Hertz before or not. But Hmm. in general, this kind of strategy that he's taking is the one I've enjoyed early where he's just kind of loading up on the best studs and then is going to kind of figure out, quarterback from the back.
1: Yeah, I so, think that makes sense.
0: So now here, um, assuming Spoon doesn't take him, like we now got the Tom Brady stack much cheaper, which now I feel really good about it. And we can even grab
1: Gronk or Fournette here with Brady. Oh, that's interesting. I that's actually a tough call for me because I do like Fournette coming back in and being you know, being the bell cow that he has been all year for them, but but Gronk is also like Brady stayed in that game yesterday to get oh, Gronk his bonus. Like he made,
0: he made the decision for us. So uh-huh. what uh-huh. I would have yeah, that's interesting. Um I'm happy to grab Brady Fournette here, though. I think
1: that makes a lot of sense for us. Yep. I'm with you on it. And Levi in the chat saying, don't like taking Mahomes like that guy did, hoping that Hill would fall back to him. Can't count on people let that happen. I think that's what you're saying, Pete. And I think that's actually pretty smart to just kind of decrease the value of the stack overall. So just you hope that people look away from it. Right. And you know, if you're doing one draft, I get it. Like you want to lock
0: up your stack, but if you're doing a bunch of these, it gets easier to be patient. Um, and then you can really, cause it's just like one thing you'll notice in these drafts too. I find running back to be fairly deep. You can get, I mean, like I was telling you earlier, you can still get Josh Jacobs in the last round for free in most of these, whereas the ceiling wide receivers really drop off. Like once you get to round seven and eight, you're looking at Tyler Johnson and Cyril Grantson. So it's like, I'd rather take my Tyreek Hill now, um, and then know that I can, you know, take some stabs on, you know,
1: say running backs, other quarterbacks late. I guess the question I would have for you, and just you hear me talk about it, and I'm not like this idea isn't fully fleshed out in my head, but it almost feels like you're kind of doing a zero wild card approach where the hopes is that like you can get obviously these guys are still gonna be playing in the wild card, the Bucks and and now the Chiefs will too. But like if you get Josh Jacobs late, like you don't really need like you don't need Fournette to pop off in week one. You can get some guys cheap that should be enough to get you through in week one. And I feel like that can make the buy maybe that's the strategy for golden guy up top there, where like he can get those bye week guys or those, you know. The non-packers for cheap later on and hope they can just kind of cobble them through. Yeah. And I definitely do the Josh Jacobs things way more when I
0: do have like a bi week heavy team because a lot of times I'll look at my running back and you know I'll have like I'll have like a Devin Singletary, um, a Tony Pollard, and then I'm like, is this team really going to be able to advance out of round one? Well, probably not, unless I get, you know, a ceiling game from Josh Jacobs. I wish there was. A running back we felt good about on the Eagles. I just don't even really know how to handle that situation because mm-hmm. those guys are all free too. I mean, Miles Sanders is a broken hand, but they didn't put him on IR. So I don't really know what to do with him.
1: Yeah, I think I, I feel like just how they've talked about his hand injury, like, I think they would want to push him back, but then you still have Scott and Howard there. And if like Miles Sanders doesn't run good, or if his hand just hurts, like you could see him go away real fast. And it's not like you're going to go to Gainwell either. So I, I don't. Yeah, I agree with you. Just staying away is probably the move. So a couple quick takes here before on the clock.
0: Um, I think I think Ch is definitely uh in play. Um, if that's something we want to do here with the Chiefs, the nice thing about having the two best non wild or wild card teams is. We're now also, if, if our Tampa Bay and KC win, which we're rooting for, they're also on opposite sides of the Titans and Packers. So we we do have those available to us as far as not conflict of matchup here. Um, but there's still a decent amount of directions we can go. Do you have, uh, any leans here? I'm going to remove quarterback from the pool. Though. Yeah. I think
1: CEH right now would make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and, and then, I don't I don't have strong
0: takes on CH versus Durrell. I feel like it breaks either way, and I'll just, you know, get take what the draft room gives me.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I I think I mean, I would say don't take Eckler or Allen because <laughs> on their ADPs would be my first suggestion. I, I kinda like the idea of Damian Harris, but we have too many running backs, so that's I think now off the table. I we need we need an FC, right? Like, or no? We can,
0: we can do either. We have a lot of flexibility. My I'm thinking like Schultz or MBS, um, but I'm just going yeah.
1: to put in Schultz. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I feel like we could have taken, we could have maybe taken Pringle there too. Yeah. But he, he might still be around. Yeah. So the only problem
0: in this scenario with Schultz is if the Cowboys win, then they do play the box, but it's not, again, it's not the, it's not the worst thing because we're just trying to we're trying to set up guys that can help us advance and then we have this kind of core you know right now we're playing for a Tampa KC Super Bowl so it's basically the way I now think about it is how do we get in the most points to help us advance while still making sure we can serve our KC Tampa Super Bowl basically
1: mm-hmm. yeah I I think honestly I feel like we could have taken Pringle over Schultz in that spot just to the, the really lean in on it more so I agree
0: with you but the reason I was able to push it just play the ADP is cuz I kind of think Pringle will still be here at our
1: next pick. I just worry about the Mahomes guy I just needing to kind of extract some value on that's, his way back. That's true. That is true. But yeah, I I like I like the construction we have, like the fact that we got two of the favorites to win it all and they're both playing in the wild card round and that's our two stacks. Like I'm kind of surprised we got that break. Yeah, do you have
0: what are your takes on you know, because we have Brady, Fournette and Evans, I think we're we're going to add one more Tampa Bay Buck. Um, We're probably going to need to make a stand on like Grayson or Tyler Johnson as our last guy. I still think it's Grayson. I got I actually didn't. He had the hamstring about. yesterday, as I learned, because he was in my fucking cash lineup. <laughs> um, but yeah, I,
1: I think either are probably viable if we don't have concerns about Grayson's hammy. I just feel like on a per play basis, Grayson has been so much better, and I would rather bank on the guy forcing him, like trying to play through it for the playoffs, and like Brady's shown a, a you know, I think a, a little bit of an affinity for him. So, like yeah. that's how I would feel about it. I, I also, and I know you're not going to go this way, or I, I don't think you will. I wouldn't mind taking Keyshawn Vaughn at some point, just, in, just in case.
0: Yeah. The only thing, the only reason in, if we had gone, say, say we had gotten Gronk instead of Fournette, then I love adding Vaughn later, but it's just like, we've kind of made our bet. And now that bet is that Fournette is the guy in this version of the offense. So the other thing I'm thinking about here now, as far as like our construction is, so my thought is we're going to go this to me looks like it could be a four, three, two, one team. So the four is our top, our Tampa Bay, our three is KC, and then we need to pick a two from AFC, another AFC team where we take two players from, and then we already have our one one-off in the NFC. So I think our big thing here, um, and Pringle does go to Herzig actually, surprisingly, our big thing here is trying to figure out what AFC team can we still get two players from that we feel feel comfortable with, and Cape this is Baberson, where, like, uh, yeah, and this is honestly where I'd start to think a little bit more about like Steelers or
1: Raiders. The Raiders, I think, would appeal to me a good amount, but I don't hate the idea of trying to get um Sing- Singletary is probably still available, right? Um. No, Singletary's long. No, he's gone. It. Okay, because yeah, I feel like Beasley and Singletary would have been nice, but dude, yeah, I don't think it's worth taking Moss or Breida.
0: Yeah, so I'm trying to look at scenarios here. The Patriots would also be in the conversation, but they're just their skill position players just are not exciting here.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we should pick. I mean, I don't mind taking Beasley. Just to get some share of that off and of that team, like because they're to me they're they're a team that could beat the Chiefs.
0: Yeah. So in general, um, yeah, because if Bills the problem is if the Bills win, they play KC. So I don't I don't love that, but we're just gonna do it just because we didn't get to discuss it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the end all be all. So now though, we should commit to the Bills, um, as our other two. So we're probably going to need to take Emmanuel Sanders later.
1: Um, we need to figure out our other buck though. So did you say Grayson? I think Grayson, we could say honestly, Perriman apparently had six targets yesterday, which I didn't realize. And they do need somebody to run outside.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's just go Grayson. Um, my only thought is like, we have Evans
1: is that we're making the bet on the outside guy. They both could, could be fine. Um, I think I'm just Grayson's ho- ahead of, I think Grayson's yeah. ahead of Perriman on the pecking order, so I don't mind it. I just think if Grayson is hurt, like you're saying, like then maybe Paraman gets the bit of a boost. Yeah. Trust me, Paul. I know
0: he had a hamstring yesterday. Um, the thing when you're playing for this is we're literally playing when you draft Grayson, you're playing, you know, for Tampa Bay going to the Super Bowl and hoping that they're healthy over the next month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. God. yeah. So we don't in my perfect world we go to, but we also, it's not um, a necessity necessarily. So I think we still could draft a, a Raider here instead of a
1: second Buffalo guy is Renfro available. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, See, we can draft, we can draft
0: any of these guys. And this is why I kind of wish we would have done like Renfro Jacobs instead of the Beasley thing. Okay.
1: Yeah, but
0: I don't think it's bad. I just think, in a scenario where you're KC heavy, you're you're wanting the Bills to lose. And then you're looking for like if the Raiders win, right? If Bills, if Bills win, they they go and the Chiefs win, they play each other. If the Raiders win, they go to play the Titans. And so now you could have gotten two Raiders and the upset potential and the chance to get Raiders Chiefs in the AFC championship. Yeah, I
1: guess I think that's a fair point. I think I got used to us not being uh, quite as seating focused and being a little more seating agnostic, but I think at this point you probably can't afford to do that as much. Yeah. Uh, Pius devil, what are we drafting right
0: now? We are drafting underdog playoff best ball team. They've had a bunch of different contests. This is the mitten three, $5 price point. They also have a $25 one. And you have the players for the entire duration of the playoffs. And the strategy element is you have to advance each round. So in this one, we need to finish top two out of our six teams. Um, so you're trying to balance advancing each round while also still having enough firepower to put together a full lineup in the Super Bowl, which would be one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one flex. So there's a lot of game theory to it and lots of decision points, um, both kind of structurally and just the decisions you make on certain, you know, backfields, wide receiver threes, fours. Um, it's pretty fun.
1: Yeah, and I would also check out the Friday show we did with Josh Norris because I thought you guys, I tweeted this out. Like, so you could also just go to my Twitter and click the link for the direct time. But like, these guys had a pretty good conversation about the strategy behind it I think is worth checking out if you do dive in here. Isn't it, to me, it's like weird that, Josh Jacobs is so free right
0: now. Um, I don't know. Uh, at the very least, he gives you a potential flex guy. Yeah. So the other thing we can do, um, we can add another Chiefs or we can just draft Renfro because in this scenario where we have four Tampa Bay, we would be live with either an Oakland or a KC in the
1: Super Bowl versus Tampa Bay. Or Vegas even. Or sorry, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I think I think you're right. I'm I'm cool taking. Like I like Renfro a lot, and I think if if this team makes a run, like it's gonna be the guys we have. It's got to be Jacobs and Renfro in particular. And the
0: the other nice thing about this, and these are kind of the tiebreaker decisions. Like we could have added, what is Hardman still available? Oh no, he yeah. actually went. So I mean, it was getting really bad on the Chiefs front, anyways. Um, not only do are we live for another Super Bowl matchup, but Renfro really helps us advance more than
1: say, you know, DeMarcus Robinson just like tossed into this, you know? And also like if they get to the Super Bowl like that's a lot of value on guys that are just basically going to be not drafted. I mean, the Mitten will have more of these guys in some of the other tournaments. Well, than than like the gauntlet would that we talked about earlier, but like, yeah. I, like those guys like Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, like those three, that's the entire offense. Like there's nobody else who does anything. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, the Bengals are
0: six point favorites. Yeah. Um, Against the Raiders, but even six points, I don't know if that should justify like Joe Mixon going in round two versus Josh Jacobs going in round nine. And I'm not saying, uh, I mean, Justin's building just a correlated team. He's not even thinking about it, but just like how prices work. Josh Jacobs seems
1: underpriced to me relative to their chances of winning. I would agree. And Devin saying, thanks guys. I'm addicted to playoff drafts. Hang out with us here. Hang out on Pete's channel. Of course, subscribe uh, because Pete's doing these drafts a lot, but we'll be doing another one on Thursday, another one on Friday. Uh, So doing as many of these as we can overall, because honestly they're a lot of fun and they are not figured out like best ball. obviously still not figured out either, but I guess it's the theme of the show. Nothing's really figured out, but, but playoff best ball, especially, I feel like just hearing you guys talk on Friday, you and Josh Norris, like there's clearly a lot of angles and just different approaches you can take that have, you know, very well-rounded logic to them.
0: Yeah. And the reason they're so addicting too, is because you're, it's, it's like playing golf, right. And you're trying to chase that perfect swing or whatever. You're always trying to chase the perfect draft because, you know, I think there's always ways to recover and and finish drafts. That make sense. But obviously we look back at this and it's like, oh, there's a couple picks I would like back to do, you know, slightly differently. And then you're like, all right, I'll hop in another one, uh, and see, but then next time you do this draft, they might not gift you Tom Brady, in round three. And then you're in this vicious cycle of always trying to draft the perfect, perfect team. I mean, if we want to just quickly look at a couple of things, like one thing I noticed. So I, at first I was like, Oh, Donta Foreman. I love that as a last round pick, just kind of this idea of like, what, do we, what if we bet against Derrick Henry being, you know, fully healthy, but you took Derrick Henry in round two. And to me, then it's like, once you draft Derrick Henry in round two, like you're making this bet, Derrick Henry's back and ready to go here in, in two weeks. So don't, don't draft Foreman. Um, in that context. So that's the only thing I just feel like that's playing it way too safe. Um, but let's check out Justin's team just because we know he has a a proven track record of knowing what he's doing here. He obviously, uh, had the Bengals early and then he kind of backdoors his Ram stack. So cup Matthew Stafford, Odell, Sony, Michelle, he does then start to sprinkle in Pringle. And then he did um, he gets Higby late, but then did the same kind of thing we did with the Raiders, but with the Steelers, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris being like, yeah, they're projected to lose, but what if they win? Or what if you get in a shootout with the chiefs? And that's how we actually played it with the Pringle thing was what if this is the shootout game, which I also think is another thing to consider because I definitely fall into this trap where I'm like, Oh, I don't want the teams that are matching up against each other because I want m- most of my guys to be able to advance each round. But We also see games crater where there's not a lot of points. And if one game ends up having 70 points scored in it, you're more than happy (laughs) to have Mm -hmm. three guys from the same game, even if they're on opposite teams.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think too, that could be a thing you need even in some, uh, some ways just to advance. So I'm like, I think that's good. And I think it's also not bad that we, besides me getting you to take Beasley, like we pretty much drafted the same way as Herzog did. So I feel good about our approach
0: yeah Beasley's the only pick uh I would want back
1: um but otherwise I I like this of course it's the one where I'm like take Beasley and like, but I agree like with the way that you I see I'm starting to see the board a little bit more like how you do so I get it I just think sometimes I get like that guy who took Henry and Foreman where you're trying to capture an opportunity and then you kind of hedge just to capture that and I think that's the mistake that like probably a lot of casual players like myself like I'm not I try to get better at basketball I think I'm I think I'm thinking live in NBA as we talk about a lot on here but I do think that's the difference between a guy like you and Herzig is that you're definitely you're on the 40 level of it. And I think that's something to compete against. Maybe also, you know, compete against for your benefit, too, if you are a newer player.
0: And like the other thing I'm just now thinking through in this is just the way ADPs work. And we ran into two of them that were perfect examples like Chiefs and Bucks. Right now, the puzzle pieces align for you to get three good players from those teams. Like I feel good about Brady Evans, uh, Fournette. I feel good about C.H. Tyreek. Um, and that like, you could have had another guy in there, say Pringle, if we would have prioritized him over, over Schultz. Um, but after that, it's really hard to get four good guys from that team. Whereas there's some teams like the bills, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, it's a little easier to get four good guys from them. So then I'm starting to think like structurally, okay, when I draft bucks and uh, chiefs, maybe I want to add a third team. That's a three team, or maybe I want to do a three, three, two, two build with those guys. Just knowing that like, I'm not really going to be able to get a fourth guy on those stacks that I really like, whereas there's others. So this is all just, it's not even how you necessarily feel about the team. It's just like how the ADPs line up where you can like maximize your, your win equity.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really sharp. And I hope you guys are actually paying attention to this because I think Pete's given a lot of helpful information here. So make sure you're hanging out on Pete's channel, getting subscribed, hit the like button on this video, whether you are watching on Pete's channel or the Splash Play channel, and be subscribed to both if you can. And uh, Pete, what's your show schedule coming up here? Anything that you want to tell the people? Yeah, what
0: are we... Weird weird schedule this week. Um, The big thing... If, um, if you guys are enjoying the playoff contest here, Spags and I are going to keep ripping, uh, underdog playoff best ball drafts, but over on ship chasing this week, we are kind of dialed into the FFPC playoff contest, which is a little different in that it's just one lineup for the entire, um, contest total points. So you're not having to worry about advancing each week. It's just, you pick one player. From each team. Once you, if you use Josh Allen, you can also use Diggs. You fill out a lineup, there's multiple flex spots. There's actually also kicker and defense. And uh, we have a lot of fun with that contest uh, every year. And so we decided to roll out a full week of programming. So we're going to actually have a show every day. This week, Monday, Tuesday, are going to be at 4 p.m., literally in 15 minutes, I just realized. And uh, and then we'll, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, will be at 9.15 p.m. Eastern. So if you have playoff best
1: ball fever uh, and you want to check out that contest, that would be a great place to start. Yeah, check out Ship Chasing. Those guys are very sharp and also talk about, like we talked about here, we do a lot of silliness in between, but they get right to the nitty gritty of it. I think today's Daigle on that, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so go tune into that go check out and of course subscribe to the, the ship chasing channel as well they're doing good stuff for some reason you're not on there follow at peter rivers at, follow at chris spax follow at splash play pod pete's got a hard out pete's got a hard uh, everything don't you, buddy? yank a ton baby <laughs> yank it a ton we'll be back thursday 2 30 eastern so come join us then we'll see you guys again soon good luck